0: Second 2 Corinthians, Second Corinthians chapter 5 verse 1. I want to give a shout out to, to Brother Mahoke. I appreciate him tuning in and uh, he's a dear brother in Christ and Lord uh, Lord knows that we'll get to see each other one day at, maybe after the rapture and uh, keep looking up brother, keep looking up. Uh, we got lots of people tuning in, watch us that can't make it this morning. We got a lot of uh, our church members that are sick and God bless y'all. Hope y'all know that we're we're praying for each and every one of y'all. We're gonna be in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1 is where we're gonna start. And let's get right into the word of God. For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. He's talking about your body. And your body is going to dissolve. It's going to go in the ground. But we got earth, We got a heavenly tabernacle. God's going to give us a new body is what Paul's talking about. For, verse 2, for in this we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed upon with our house which is from heaven. That's what we're all looking for. We're all looking to get into heaven and get this new body, get a new body, get rid of this old body that gives us all the pains and the aches and fights us with sin. We forget about that sometimes. The reason why this body's decaying is because it's got sin in it. The wages of sin is death. Yeah. So we want to get a new body. And one of the greatest things about the new body, I know I joke around all the time about getting a new set of hair, getting hair and all the other Amen. stuff. But the point is, the truth is, it's be sinless. It'll be a sinless body. Amen. I don't have to fight sin anymore. And neither do you. Amen. Verse 3. If so be that being clothed, we shall be fa- not be found naked. For we that are in this tabernacle do groan being burdened. Not for that we wouldn't be unclothed, but clothed upon, that mortality might be swallowed up of life. See, Christians, we're not looking to die. We're not wanting to die, but we want to get that new body. That's what he's saying there in verse 4. And we groan for that. We want that mortality. We want, we want this mortality to be done away with so we can be immortal. We can have the immortality. We can be immortal, have that life that's promised to us by Jesus Christ. Verse 5, now he that hath wrought us for the selfsame thing is God, who also hath given us the, unto us the earnest of the Spirit, that Holy Spirit that's living in you, that's God's earnest to you. In other words, it's like earnest money. You go to buy a house, you, you, give, you give them $500, $1,000, $1,500. You say, here's my earnest money. I'm earnest about buying this house. I'm going to go and try to find a way to get, gather up the rest of the money. What God's doing is God's giving you the Holy Spirit. And he says, I'm earnest about coming and redeeming you. It's going to happen. This is showing you, this, this Holy Spirit's a earnest to show you that I'm earnest about getting you a new body. You can believe it, guys. You can believe it. You got it. Verse 6, therefore, we are always confident knowing that whilst we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. Right now, we're absent from the Lord because we're in this body. For we walk by faith, not by sight. You can't see this stuff. This is all by faith. Verse 8, we are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. When you take your last breath and your soul departs this body, you're going to go up and be present with the Lord. That's it. Absent from the body, present with the Lord. Verse 9, Wherefore we labor that whether present or absent, we may be accepted of him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body, according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. We're all going to stand before Jesus Christ. We're all going to have to answer. Now this is not to the lost man or woman. This is to Christians. Every Christian underneath the sound of my voice is going to have to stand before Christ and have to answer for the good and bad they've done. Now, you're still saved, but you're going to have to answer for it. That's talked about in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Okay, verse 11. Knowing, therefore, the terror of the Lord, we persuade men, but we are made manifest unto God, and I trust also are made manifest in your consciences. He says that there's a, there, it's a terrible thing to think to stand before a holy God, before Jesus Christ, and have to answer for things you've done and not done. Oh so we're persuading you to live right. Live by God. Live by what's right by God. It's manifest before God. It might not be manifest before men, but before God. God knows all about it. And he says, I trust also are made manifest in your consciousness. He goes, you know the truth about it. In your mind, you know what's going on. Verse 12, for we commend not ourselves again unto you. But give you occasion to glory on our behalf that you may have somewhat to answer to them which glory in appearance and not in heart. Now verse 12, what Paul's talking about, he says, I'm not trying to sell you myself again. I'm not trying to sell you myself. I'm not trying to sell you on me. Y'all know me. Y'all know me all about me. What I'm doing is I'm telling you all this stuff so when somebody attacks you for liking me or attacks you for believing in what we're writing about, you'll, you'll know that we have, you can brag about it. You can say, no, they know what's going on. Paul knows what he's doing. At the end of verse 12, he says, and to answer them which glory in appearance, not in heart. This is getting to the heart of my message because a lot of people, they had this appearance but God knows your heart. Amen. Okay. So, whenever First Samuel chapter sixteen verse seven, when Samuel went to go anoint the new king, he was looking through all of Jesse's kids, and he's looking through all of Jesse's kids, and David was the last one he would have picked. And God said to him, "I don't look. I, I, man looks on the outward appearance. I look on a man's heart." Amen. So you're sitting in that pew, wherever you're at, you're sitting down, where we're listening. God is looking, knows your heart. I don't know your heart. Amen. I can be so honest as to say maybe your wife or your husband don't know your heart. Your mom and dad don't know your heart, but you know your heart. You know where your heart's at, and God's looking at it. Verse 13, For whether we be beside ourselves, it is to God. Or whether we be sober, it is for your cause. He said, if we're religious nut cases, it's for God. <laughs> Amen. I've been called a religious nut. Kiggins beside himself. I am beside myself. I'm beside myself because Christ is living in me, and I can't control what Christ does in me. I'm beside myself. Verse 14, For the love of Christ constraineth us, because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. So what he's saying is, if Christ had to die for all men, that tells you that all men are dead. If Christ had to die for all men's sins, then all men everywhere need Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. That's what that tells you. Verse 15, And that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. If you have somebody who dies for you and gives his life for you, the least you could do is to live for him. Amen. Amen. That's the truth right there. Verse 16, Wherefore hence Wherefore, henceforth, know we no man after the flesh. Yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we him no more. Paul says, we don't know each other by the flesh anymore. We know each other spiritually as brothers and sisters in Christ. And he goes on to say that, though we have known Christ after the flesh, you, you come to know Jesus Christ in your flesh, and then you're born again, and now you know him spiritually, yet now henceforth know we him no more. You don't know him in the flesh anymore. You know Jesus Christ in a different way. The world knows Jesus Christ as a baby in a manger. They might know him as a a man that got crucified, but that's all they know about him. They know him in the flesh. And when I start talking about Jesus Christ and the love of Jesus Christ and the peace that can be found in Jesus Christ and all the wonderful things about Jesus Christ, if you know him in the flesh, that makes no sense to you. But to other Christians, we can say, Amen, yes, I know him that way. I don't know him in the flesh anymore. I know him spiritually. God is a spirit. and You must worship God in spirit and truth. And we worship Jesus Christ in spirit and truth. And this gets down to verse 17. This is what I want to preach. Therefore, therefore means since he said everything I just read to you. After he said everything I just read to you. We're going to get a new body, we're looking for a new body, Uh, we're going to stand before Jesus Christ, all the stuff, he says, therefore, if, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away, behold, all things are become new. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I come to you humbly, Father, and I pray, Father, that your Holy Spirit will move among us, Lord, leading God and direct us into all truth, Lord God. I pray, Father, that you would hide me behind the cross, Lord God. I pray, Father, that Jesus Christ will be glorified and lifted up in every way in people's minds and in their hearts, Lord God. Father, I pray, Lord God, that any man or woman, boy or child or girl would who needs Jesus Christ, Lord God, would see Jesus Christ spiritually, Lord God, not just in the flesh. And Father, I pray, Lord God, that you would move among us, Lord God. Thank you for uh, saving us, Lord, thank you for giving us a new creature, making us a new creature in Jesus Jesus Christ. I pray all this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. This time of year, is people making New Year's resolutions. People have, I want to make a New Year's resolution, and we know the, all the different New Year's resolutions they make, and, and the people make, and it's that time of year to make those New Year's resolutions, but most New Year's resolutions are made simply to make a person better, to make them new and improved, Right? I want to be a new and improved person. It's a new year, so I want to be new and improved. And I got a question for you this morning. Are you a new creature in Jesus Christ? I can tell you a way that you can be new and improved and be new beyond anything you've ever experienced in your life, and it won't be improved. It'll be something that's way better. You'll be doing away with the old man. This is something new, and that's what I want to preach on this morning. Verse 17, Therefore, if any man, what man? Any man, I don't care about your race. I don't care about your breeding. I don't care if you're rich or poor. Any man, this is a whosoever gospel. That's why that's above my head. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whosoever, any man, be in Christ. There we go. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. So the stipulation is right in the very beginning. It's not my stipulation. It's the stipulation of the Word of God. It's the stipulation that you have to have to be a new creature. You have to be in Christ. I want to point out that you don't, it doesn't say you have to be in Muhammad, or be in Buddha, or be in the Baptist Church, or be in the Church of Christ, or be in the Methodist Church, or be in the Catholic Church, or be in the General Convention, or be in the Boy Scouts, or be in the Republican Party. or be, Notice what it says. It's only one man, only one person. Be in Christ. So why are you putting an importance on all this other stuff? People can be on the outside looking in. And I'm afraid a lot of people are. Somebody can be in this church, around other Christians, and still be on the outside looking in. That's not a guarantee that you're in Christ. Just because you come to church every Sunday doesn't mean you're in Christ. That's no guarantee. Listen, you might give the appearance, verse 13, verse 12, you might give the appearance that you're a Christian, you might give the appearance that you're in Christ, but only you and God know if you're in Christ. Right? That's right. How do I get in, brother? Let me show you. Look at John chapter 3. I'll show you how to get in. How do you get in? What secret password do I, need? What, what do I need? What initiation do I need to go through? There's no initiation. John chapter 3. Look at John chapter 3. I'll come back. I'll come back to 2 Corinthians, but look at John chapter 3. What initiation? What do I need to do to get in? I'll show you how to get into Jesus Christ. Jesus will tell you how to get into Jesus Christ. John chapter 3, Gospel of John chapter 3. We're going to skip down to verse 6 for time's sake, because I could be here all morning long talking about this new creature. I love this stuff, man. Uh, Look at verse 6. Christ tells Nicodemus, That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, Ye must be born again. So first off, this new creature, this new year's resolution, this new thing you want to do, this new thing you have to have in Christ, it's nothing physical. There's nothing physical you can do. It's not a physical thing. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. We're not talking about the first birth. you got the first birth. You're in here. You've got the first birth. We're talking about the second birth. We're talking about being born again. We're talking about something that's spiritual. That which is flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. You can't see it. We live by faith, not by sight. Just read that? Verse 8, Jesus explains it. The wind bloweth where it listeth. And thou the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh, and whither it goeth. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. He says you look outside and you see a tree, and you see the leaves on the tree, and you know the wind's moving because you see the leaves rustle out on the tree. And you say, well, the wind must be moving. You don't see the wind. You see the results of the wind. So you see a man or a woman, a boy or a child, a girl you see them and they receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior you see their change in the, the, you see the change in the outward appearance. you don't see as much of a physical change you just see it's like a slight rustling of the leaves. Amen it, You say something's happened there. There, there there's something going on and what what the world doesn't understand what's going on is there's a change on the inside, and now it's working out. Yeah. Amen. It's inside. I'm a new creature. Now I'm born again. I'm somebody new. I'm new. There's something new in me, and it's working out, and you're starting to see the leaves rustling on the outside of this old tree. Verse 9, Nicodemus answered and said unto him, How can these things be? And that might be your question. How is this possible? Jesus says, answered and said unto him, Art thou a master of Israel, and knowest not these things? So many preachers, so many pastors don't understand it. I was re- <laughs> you, know is, you know this world is crazier than a peach archer boar. Y'all know that. I was reading this story, I was telling my wife about it. I was reading this story that says, pastor turns to stripping. I'm like, what in the world is this? It's this woman, pastor, used to be pastor of a Methodist church. Now she's stripping. And she said, well, I got, I got rid of Chris, Christianity because of some of the things I read about Christianity. I'll tell you something. You were never in Christ. Because you can't get rid of it. I hate to tell you something, but when you're born again, you can't become unborn. You can't change who your father is. And said, so, well, I'll just get rid of Christianity Now you were never in Christ. You don't understand the spirit. There wasn't, this wasn't a physical thing where you go to a church and you pretend to be a pastor and you pretend to love people and you pretend to this. Pre- there none of this going on. This is a heart thing. This is a spiritual thing. Man, I've been into churches where you walk in there and it's like they got the same hymn book, they got the same King James Bible, and you sit down and you're like, what's going on here? It's deader than a doorknob. And they're singing the same songs, they're, they're reading the right book. What's going on here? The Spirit's not moving. It's a spiritual thing. You can't explain it. It's not physical. They got the right lights. They got the right building. They got the, it's the same thing. What's the difference? Spiritual. There's something spiritual going on there. Skip down to verse 16. Here's how you get in. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Do you believe in Jesus Christ? Do you believe on Jesus Christ? Look at verse 17. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Verse 18. He that believeth on him is not condemned. But he that believeth not is condemned already, because he had not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. It's about belief. See, to be born again, it's going to have to start with the heart. And you're going to have to believe with the heart. Because I can't prove it to you. Amen. I, got, I can't prove this stuff to you. Now I can show you the leaves rustling on people's lives. I can show you a man that was a drunkard that's not a drunk anymore. I can show you a man that's been, a woman that's been totally changed. And you say, well, how'd that happen? I can say Jesus Christ, and you can either believe it or not. To get get in Christ, you're going to have to have a heart change. You've got to put your heart on Jesus Christ. It starts with the heart. Look at Romans chapter 10. Talking about we want to be in Christ. And and some people think it's simple as just you know doing a little simple thing. Uh, I will say a little prayer, or I will walk down the aisle, or yeah, that, that's a way, that's part of it. That's part, in a sense, that that's what's happening. That's that's a result that some, when somebody puts their heart on it. But you can do the same things and your heart not be in it, and it doesn't work. Yeah. This doesn't work without the right heart. Amen. Look at Romans chapter ten, look at verse nine. I mean, y'all know these scriptures. Y'all know these scriptures. But I want to, to show them to you again. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe, believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. It's a heart thing. I can't go and show you, hey, there's a tomb, and just wait. God's going to re- rewind, and 2,000 years ago, he's going to show us. He's going to do a recreation, he's going to show us. And we, we get, No, you're not going to get to see it. You live by faith, not by sight. You live by faith, not by sight. Guys, there's going to come a time where somebody's going to attack you. They're going to make fun of you for being a Christian. And you're just going to have to simply say in your heart, I believe. Amen. Well, you're stupid. You're ignorant. There's no proof. Blah, blah, blah. And there, I've heard it all before myself. And there comes a time where your heart and you're giving scripture and they're like, I don't believe none of that. I, that's just man wrote that. And there's going to come a time in your heart, in your mind, and in your sight, you're going to say, you have to stop and say, you know what? I just believe. I just simply believe in my heart that Jesus Christ saved me. Amen. And that gives me great peace. It starts right there. Verse 10, For with the heart man believeth into righteousness. See, the heart and with the mouth confession is made into salvation. Your mouth shows where your heart's at. Your mouth shows where your heart's at. That's why the that, that confession's important. Look at Luke. Luke chapter 5. You've got to be in Christ. You've got to be in Christ. How do I get in Christ? Believing? This is that simple. Luke chapter 5, verse 36. Luke chapter 5, verse 36. If you will believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, He will save you. How do you know that, Pastor? Because He saved me. <laughs> and I just put my faith in Him. What kind of prayer did you pray? I can't remember. I, can give you the, I can't give you the details. I can, tell you, I can tell you the gist of it. I can't tell you the exact words I said. You know, I've, I, I've heard people praying, asking Jesus to save them, and they cussed while they were praying. Did you know that? Some of y'all are going, oh, oh, I've never heard a cuss word in my entire life. Oh, shape, 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 shape. And then go home and watch TV the rest of the day. The truth is, is these people came to Christ the best way they knew how. And with a heart, they just said, Lord, I'm tired of this blankety-blank life I live. I'm tired of living this blankety-blank life. Lord Jesus Christ, save me, blankety-blank. And you don't don't tell them they're not saved. Because they got up and they're like, oh, I feel so much better. Praise the Lord. You can see this countenance change. The Lord's in the saving business. He's in the saving business. He's not in the, oh, don't talk that way business. He wants your heart. And some of us can sit up here, and I've heard men, and they pray some of the most eloquent prayers I've ever heard, and I guarantee you those guys are going to hell straight as a bullet. Their heart's not in it. They have no heart for it. You either love Jesus Christ or you don't. And if you don't love Jesus Christ and you don't have a heart for Jesus Christ, I'm wondering if you are in Jesus Christ. Because what it's all about is love. God is love. God is love. God defines love. And that love is, He so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. It's in Jesus Christ. Don't let the world define love. The world will say love is love. No, no, no. Love is not God. God is love. Go to God and you'll find out what real love is. Now look at Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5 verse 36. Jesus Christ told us this parable here. And he spake also a parable unto them. No man putteth a piece of a new garment upon an old. If otherwise then both the new maketh a rent and the piece that was taken out of the new greeth not with the old. So you don't mix them. You don't take something brand new a garment, you don't put, some, put it on old because then it rip, it just tears up. Verse 37, and no man putteth new wine into old bottles. New wine would be what we would call grape juice. It's equivalent of grape juice. New wine into old bottles. Else the new wine will burst the old bottles and be spilled and the bottles shall perish. But new wine must be put into new bottles and both are preserved. No man also having drunk old wine straightway desireth new, for he saith the old is better. What is he talking about there? He's talking about that new creature you are. Jesus Christ says, you know what? I'm going to make something new out of you. I'm going to, I'm going to make you a new man. I'm not going to use the old man. I don't, you don't take something new and put it with the old. It don't work. I don't want you to be part of the old. You're looking at the old man right here. Jesus, you're looking at, Jesus Christ is not in this old man right here. This is Keegan Hall. You, what you're looking at, that's the flesh. But inside me, spiritually, is a new man that God has created in Jesus Christ. It's a new man. It's totally separate from this old man that sins and does all those things I shouldn't do. They're totally separate. He didn't come in here and say, "Okay, I'm going to clean this old man up and do all this." You know why? I know it. No, no, I know he didn't. Because he said, "I'm going to give him life," right? And you know what's going to happen to me? I'm going to die. This flesh right here, it goes in the ground. I'm going to die. The worms are going to eat this thing. This ain't me. This is just a cocoon. This is just a body. He said, I'm going to make a new creature in Kingin, in Jesus Christ. I'm a new creature in Jesus Christ. I'm a new king in Jesus Christ. It's a new wine put into new bottles. He's going to put me a new body. Remember what we were reading about in 2 Corinthians 5 at the beginning? We're looking for that new body. We're looking for that new bottle. We got, we're the new wine. We got the Holy Spirit. Man, we're fresh. We're clean. And now we're looking for a clean body to get into. That's what he's talking about right there. In Christ Jesus. I was reading a story about John Wesley, and he was riding on his horse. He was going to another uh, preaching service he had, and this robber came up, and this robber came up, and he said, give me your, give me your stuff or I'm going to kill you. So John Wesley, he didn't have very much money on him. He gave him a couple, few coins off his horse, and the guy was digging through his saddles, and all he found was his Bible, and the robber didn't take it, so the robber took off, and the robber was taken off, and John Wesley says, wait, 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 I got something else for you. So that robber turns around and walks back over there, he said, he leans down, and he goes, whenever you get tired of living this lifestyle, and it might come a day you will, the blood of Jesus Christ will cleanse you from all your sin. <laughs> and that robber just looked at him like, you religious nut, and he took off. Years, years later, John Wesley finishes up a Sunday service. Sunday evening he goes out and he's sitting at the front and he's uh, talking to people and here comes a man. A man walks up to him and the man had tears in his eyes. He said, "Uh, I was that robber and I got saved and I've changed my life and the Lord has changed me into something new. And he grabbed John Wesley's hands and he goes... And I thank you, and it's all because of you. It's all because of you. And John Wesley pulled his hand away and goes, no, son. It's all, it's all because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. You don't get in Christ by coming to a pastor. You don't, come, you don't get in Christ by coming to a priest. You don't get in Christ by coming to a church. You get in Christ by putting your heart on Jesus Christ. And when you put your heart on Jesus Christ he'll come into you, he'll start dwelling in you, Christ in you, the hope of glory and boy, whoo you'll become a new creature. Yeah. You, think, you think about new, res, new Year's resolutions this is something you've never ever experienced being a new creature in Jesus Christ. Turn to 2 Corinthians 5 let's, let's go back there and let's start finishing this off 2 Corinthians chapter 5 let's go back there 2 Corinthians chapter 5, I'll show you those verses in Luke chapter 5 just to Give you an idea of what Christ was talking about, man. He's talking about the new birth. He's talking about the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. The indwelling of the Holy Spirit is referred to as like new wine. It's fresh. It's clean. It's not fermented. A lot of times you read the wine in the Bible and you're thinking fermented wine. Something you get down at the Depot Liquor. No, no, no. It's new wine. Unfermented. The best, the most desirable. The sweet not sour, the sweet, sweet wine, new wine, the Holy Spirit. Verse 17, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Now you might be reading your Bible and say, well, I, I, I like I'd rather it say new man. No. That's a, that's a right translation right there. Do you know what you know that God is a creator. And he he has creations, right? Yep. This wood is his creation. The light you're looking at, that's his creation. But a creature, because we think creature from the black lagoon, we think of little animals running out into the you know, a creature is something that's living that's been created by a creator. Yeah. You are a new creature. You are a new creation. But more than a creation, you're a creature, you're alive, you're living. This isn't some, see, what you've got to know is he says it's a new creature. This is something new. It's a, it's a living creation in you. You become a new living creation. Not just a change of philosophy. Not just I'm going to change my ways, my ideas. No, you are new. You, yourself are new in Jesus Christ. That's why people don't like it. Because you see that person and you're like, it's the same looking person i seen before. It's the same person I know 10 years ago. I don't trust them. They're a thief. They're a robber. They're a cusser. They're no good. They're sorry. And they can't see the new person in Jesus Christ that's living in them. They only see the outward man. They don't see the inward man. Because we're living by faith now, right? Not by sight. You're a new creature. New creature in Jesus Christ. He looks like the same man that you always have seen on the outside, but you can't see his heart. And I know I keep going back to that, but I want to know where your heart's at this morning. Is your heart on Jesus Christ, or is it on something else? I only could pray and hope that your heart's on Jesus Christ. You know, we were doing a Sunday school lesson. We found out in Sunday school that if you'll keep your heart on Jesus Christ, you'll have a peace that passeth all understanding. And some of y'all out here might not have a lot of peace. You might be fearful. You might be troubled. You might be, well, put your, put your, put your heart back on Jesus Christ. I, I told this in Sunday school. Chad Reese told me when I was going through my troubles that I was troubled, and I didn't know which direction to turn. He said, Brother Kagan, he said, you know, I love you, but maybe you just need to fall back in love with Jesus Amen. Christ. Amen. That's some really, really, really good advice. Fall back in love with Jesus Christ. This new creature is a spiritual operation. Remember, it's a spiritual operation. This isn't something you're going to be able to see. The only way, the only way you can tell that Jesus Christ is living in a person is the rustling of the leaves. There's, sometimes there's a rustling of the leaves. But you can't know for sure what's going on in the heart because you can, you can fake the rustling of the leaves. Amen? Amen? Somebody can get a thrasher and they can thrash that tree and make those leaves shake and make the pecans fall off. And you say, well, the wind blew through there. No, 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 that's just fake. You can fake that. And I've seen people faking it. But when the Holy Spirit's in you, you know it. It's a new creature. You're a new creature. That's an experience that only the person I'm talking to knows. Only you know for sure. And I pray to God that you know for sure that you're saved. He's a new creature. Old things, old things are passed away. I love that. I love it, love it, love it. Because I have a lot of old sins I don't want to deal with. When you're a new creature in Jesus Christ, all those old things are passed away. Those old desires, those old sins, those old disgraceful moments, those old things you're ashamed of, all those old loves, all those old friends, all those, all those old things, they're all passed away. They're all passed away. Man, and maybe I don't have a lot of sin like I have, but I'm glad a lot of that's passed away. Amen. I'm glad I didn't say, well, those old things, are still sticking around, and they're going to come back around someday. The devil might try to bring them around, but in God's eyes, they're all passed away. Amen. Man, that's... One of the most beautiful things about God through Jesus Christ is the redemption a man can find. You know, you go in, I go into the, some of these, I hadn't been able to go because of COVID, but we go into these prisons, go into these prisons, talk to some of the meanest, roughest, sorriest, no good men. Some of them never going to get out of there. And you can talk to them about Jesus Christ, and God would redeem them and use them. And I, I remember we were in, the, before we got up there to preach, we were in this little room, they'd take us in there away from the, from the, from the inmates, looking for the proper term. And they were away from the inmates, and and all the inmates were were coming in, coming in, coming in, and we were out there, and one of the inmates was there, and he goes, y'all want some coffee? Y'all want some coffee? Y'all want some Baptist beer? He's the one that I heard, he called it Baptist beer, coffee. Coffee's Baptist beer. He goes, you want some Baptist beer? And he got to talking to me about, uh, about, he said, I'm I'm never going to get out of here. I'm, I'm stuck in here. But I'm saved, and God's so good to me, and Jesus Christ is so wonderful, he said, brother, I'm as happy as I can be. The Lord's good to me. And I'm thinking, man, you're happier than half my congregation. Amen. He's been redeemed. And I remember getting out there, man, hundreds and hundreds of men shoved into that, into that room, and we'll be singing, and I remember finding him, looking out there, and there he is, is singing, big old smile on his face. A little bit of a tear right here. He's been redeemed. Amen. Some of y'all... Some of y'all don't love the Lord because you don't have a lot to be redeemed from. Mm-hmm. What did Christ say? Those that have been, give, been forgiven much, love much. Those that have been forgiven little, love little. Mm-hmm. Some old wicked, sorry, no good sinner like me, when I run into Christ, man, that's the best thing going on. Mm-hmm. I love him, I love him, I love him. All things are passed away. I like this, though. All, behold, all things have become new. what we want. We want a new start. That's why we have New Year's resolutions. It's a new year. I want a new start. I want to start over. I want a new, I want a new chance at my diet. Amen. I want a new chance at reading my Bible. I want a new chance at, at stopping doing this and uh, starting doing that. I want a new chance. I want a new chance. I want a new chance. And with Jesus Christ, it's all new. It's, it's all new. All things have become new. It's a new outlook on life. That's the one thing we got over everybody else. As a Christian, we have a different outlook on life. It's a new outlook on life. So what's that outlook? I'm going to tell you something right now. That if you're not saved, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, maybe you don't understand this, and I can't, I can't begin to beg you to take Jesus Christ for this simple reason. Just this one reason. I'm not te- life's not going to be better for you. You might, actually life might get worse. You might get cancer. You might have financial problems. Hey, your wife might leave. You You might get a divorce. I can't promise you nothing. A lot of that stuff's happened to me as a Christian. But there's one thing that there is nothing, 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 nothing like knowing you're going to heaven. (laughs) There's nothing like it. And I can't explain it to you if you don't know that feeling. When you receive Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, and Christ comes in you and you're a new creature, and old things pass away and all things become new, you get that heavenly outlook, you start looking for heaven, and you start saying, oh, now I'm going to heaven. Amen. And you start looking around and you're like, my mom's up in heaven. I'm going to get to see her again. This one's in heaven, Amen. that one's in heaven. And then you get into a good church family, you start loving, getting a church family, and they love you like you've never been loved before, and you see love and just peace and harmony, and then one of those loved ones goes on to heaven. Amen. And what happens? And you're like, I'm going to get to see them again. Amen. But see, Amen. outside of Jesus Christ, you have no hope. Amen. You might talk about heaven. You might not believe there's a heaven. You might say, we all die, and that's it. That's it. We all just go, we all die, and there's nothing. But I know what's in your heart, and so does God. Fear. Fear. It's easy to run your mouth like that when you're 20 years old. And I hear some 30 year old and 40-year-olds talk like that. But man, there's not a lot of 60, 70-year-old atheists I've met. Why is that, Brother Keegan? Well, because when the older you get, and death starts coming to knock on your door, you're not so brave as to say, come on, death, come take me. And if you don't want to take this old pastor's word for it, just read any book on people's last words when they go to die. I'm wretched, I'm wretched, I'm wretched. Oh God, help me, I'm wretched. I'm going to burn in hell, help. Over and over and over again. And I've got books at home of Christians who took their last breath and said, I'm going to see Jesus. <laughs> There's The difference. There's nothing, nothing, nothing like it. There's nothing like knowing when you get off your knees from asking Jesus Christ to save you and you feel that lift, that, that weight lifted off your shoulder and then the sweet Holy Spirit comes in and says, I'll see you in heaven. Amen. Nothing like it, man. There's nothing like it. And I can, I can talk about it, talk about it, but you, it's like this water. It's cool, it tastes good, but you've got to drink it. You've you got to take Christ. Now... By uh, coming down in a church, not by some going, not, you got to take him in your heart. Amen. And you might have been a member for 20 years in a church and not be saved. Now, I'm not trying to talk you out of your salvation. I don't believe I can talk you out of it. But I'm not trying to do that. I'm just trying to have you examine your heart and say, Am I in Christ? Have I put my heart on Christ? Or have I just been talking a big game? And deep in my heart, that, I've been having that conviction. I've been having that conviction. I've been having that conviction. Something's not right between me and the Lord. Is it because I'm not in Christ? I put my heart on Christ. I've been living a lie. He's a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. The darkness has turned to light. Living in the sunlight of God's love is amazing. Amen. I could go on and on and on about it, but look at verse 18. I need you to get out of here. And all things are of God. What all things? What, what? all things have become new? You see that? Okay, look. Behold, all things have become new and all things are of God. Now, all those new things are from God. Holy, perfect. Who hath reconciled us to himself, how? By Jesus Christ. I think there's many ways to get to God. I think you you don't understand God. It's only by Jesus Christ. And hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. That's your ministry, brothers and sisters. You should be out preaching the truth that God has reconciled you to him. By Jesus Christ. You can get right with God. Reconciliation means taking two people that are at variance, two people that aren't unioned, and bring them into unity again. Reconciled. That's what that means. To wit, that God was in Christ. Jesus Christ is God manifest in the flesh. God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself. How? Not imputing their trespasses unto them, And hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. He says, I'm going to forgive you of all your sins. And I'm going to do it by Jesus Christ and the blood he shed. And that's going to reconcile me and you together. Now come on over here. I'm going to live in you and make you a new creature. You're part of the family of God. You're going to be born again and welcome to heaven. We've got a mansion waiting on you. Let not your heart be troubled. In my Father's house are many mansions. If so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place. For you. You want to be in Christ? That's the promises you have in Christ. You want to be outside of Christ and live it on your own and find your own way? Good luck. I can't promise nothing. This is reconciliation. Verse 20, now then we are ambassadors for Christ as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. I'm an ambassador for Christ. What do you do as an ambassador? Hey, be reconciled. Through Christ you can be reconciled to God. Verse 21. For he hath made, he, God, hath made him, Jesus, to be sin for us. Who knew no sin. Christ was holy that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Reconciliation. Reconciliation. There was a dear, dear saint. She had a husband and a son. They hadn't talked in years and years and years. They were mad at each other. Wouldn't have nothing to do with each other. Y'all know families. Y'all know how it gets. The husband wouldn't talk to the... The dad wouldn't talk to the son. The son wouldn't talk to the dad. Well, this dear saint of a lady got sick. She got sick enough to be on her deathbed. And she begged them. She begged them to make it right. She begged them to make it right. And they wouldn't talk. Well, finally it got to the point where she was on her deathbed and they knew that time was, was running out. And they called, the, they called the son in. They said, you better get in here. Your mom's about to pass away. And as that mother laid there and she lay on her back and she was taking her last breath, her son came into the room and he wouldn't even look up at his dad. And he sat there at one side of the bed of his mom and on the other side of the bed was his dad and they were, wouldn't even look at each other, wouldn't talk. And the mother reached out and with her left hand she grabbed her son's hand. And with her right hand, she grabbed her husband's hand. She said, I want y'all to be right. I want y'all to make right. And neither one of them said anything. And she sat there for a couple of minutes, and she took, she was going to take her last breath, and she took both her hands, and she put them together on her breast, as she took her last breath. And the husband looked up, at his son, and the son looked up at his dad, and tears started rolling. And over their dying mother, they reached over and hugged each other. Reconciled. That's what Jesus Christ did for you. He took that nail-scarred hand and said, Keegan, give me your hand. He took God's hand and said, Father, give me your hand. I want to put y'all together. I'm going to do it on the cross. And now I'm part of the family. And everything's okay. Thanks to Jesus Christ. I'll say to you this morning that our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, He's got His hand outstretched to you. He's already got His hand in the Father's hand. He said, let me reconcile you. I want to reconcile you. I want to put you with us. I want to wash away all your sins. I like what we just got through singing. Make them whiter than snow. Amen. We just saw all that snow a couple days ago. Whiter than snow. Make you a new creature. I want to make you something new, something you couldn't imagine, something you couldn't dream of. You're going to be somebody you couldn't. Be, you're going to be somebody that loves the Bible. You were somebody who hated the Bible. I'm going to make you a new creature. All things become new. That's a new thing. I love this book. I love singing hymns. If you'd have known me when I was 17, I was listening to heavy metal music. I hated the church. I hated God. I hated God's people. I hated everything about you guys. I hated you guys. I hated you. Bunch of posers. And then when I took Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior and I got up, I'm like, hey, that Bible's not half bad. And I like those hymns. And now I look back 30 years later, I'm like, man. All things become new. I would have never imagined I'd be around a bunch of old people at church. Because I'm young. (laughs) I'm messing with you guys. I love you. I know the Lord can change you. And he can reconcile you. And if there's no doubt about that, ask any of my friends I grew up with. When they found out that I was saved, when I found out I was going to start preaching, one of the first things one of my old friends said, with a mouth like that? <laughs> I, every other word was a cuss word. And it wasn't easy ones. I knew them all. I was articulate in cussing. I was very prolific in it. And the Lord said, not no more that. <laughs> I'm going to go to heaven. That's all that matters. I get to go. I don't care what y'all are going to do, but I know what's in my heart. I'm going to heaven. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you so much for your grace and mercy, Lord God. Thank you for saving us. We don't deserve to be saved, Lord. We're just wretched sinners, Lord. There's nothing good in us, Lord, but you. And Lord, I pray, Father, there's somebody that doesn't know for sure, Lord. They're, they're, they're looking at their heart, Father, and they can't say, I know I'm going. Father, I pray, Lord God, that you speak to the heart the truth, Lord God. Only you know and they know, Lord. But, Father, I know, Lord, if they need to make a decision, Lord God, this is the best time to do it right now. They could just take their heart, Lord God, and say, You know what? I believe that Jesus Christ raised from the dead. I believe he died for my sins, Lord. I believe that you love me and you died for me and you can save me. Lord, I know, Father, if they'll just put their heart on you, Lord God, you'll save them. I know you did me, and I thank you, Father. And, Lord, if there's somebody needs to sound my voice that has fear, they're troubled, Lord God, they don't know what's going to happen to them when they... Take their last breath, Lord God. I pray, Father, you give them peace, Father, let them know that you can be there for them. You will be there for them, Lord God, and that heaven's waiting if they'll put themselves in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Lord God, so much for loving us, taking care of us. Thank you for these people, Lord God. Father, I love them, Lord God. I love them so much, Father, and I thank you for the love you give me for them, Lord God, and I thank you for them, Lord God, and I thank you for all all the church people I've been with all these years, Lord God, since I got saved. They've been so good to me, Lord. Church... And church people have just been wonderful to me, Lord God. And Lord, I thank you for your people. I thank you for the brothers and sisters in Christ that reach out to me, Lord God, uh, during the holidays and just wish me Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Lord, thank you for them. I thank you for the love I found in them, Lord God. And I thank you, Father, for them. And Lord, I know that they have that love because you put it in them. It's you. And I thank you, Father, Lord Jesus, for working out of people, Lord God, and showing your love through other people. And I pray all this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. upon him